It's me, Keyshawn in the morning on 710 ESPN. KSPN Los Angeles. All new 710. It begins Monday, August 17th. In sports, there's winning and losing and getting injured. That's why there's Dr. Clapper. Dr. Robert Clapper is the head of orthopedic surgery at Cedar sinai Medical Center. Each Saturday morning, and it's time for Dr. Clapper. Silence is golden when you can't think of a good answer. <laughs> this is the Weekend Warrior Show presented by Cedar sinai on ESPN LA 710 and the ESPN app. Hey, Dr. Clapper. How are you? Yes, Doc. I love your show. Thank you. Um, now, here he is, Dr. Robert Clapper. Welcome to another edition of the Weekend Warriors Show. I'm so excited for today's show. Oh, I can't wait. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Clapper. I'm an orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai for 31 years. What a big day in surgery I had. I'm actually a little tired. Six big surgeries. Not only did I do two hip replacements, but one of them was in a woman I did her hip 20 years ago. And she ran around, took care of her family, and just wore out the brake pad. The rest of the hip was great, but I had to take it a surgery to put in a new brake pad, in essence, a new polyethylene liner. 20 years ago, it wasn't the same material. It wasn't as good as what we use now. It's called highly cross-linked polyethylene. And she'll go home today and be able to live with that hip for the rest of her life. She was so young. And sometimes you don't have a choice. I have a lot of patients in their 30s and 40s. It's bone on bone. They can't walk. They can't make a living. They can't take care of their family. And most surgeons will tell them, listen, come back when you're 60. Really? What are you supposed to do for the next 20 years? A lot of stuntmen, a lot of stunt women, a lot of athletes. You give them their life again. It's the most rewarding thing you can do. And I'm so blessed to be able to do it and to share it with you each and every Saturday morning. The reason I'm so excited for today's show is at 8.15, you don't want to miss it, my guest calling in is Chris Rushing. He's a pilot, and his specialty is flying World War II vintage planes at a Van Nuys airport. He's the president of a most unusual club called the Condor Squadron. For 60 years, these guys have been flying the AT-6 Texan, the greatest World War II training airplane. Their nickname for this plane is called the Pilot Maker. This is the plane that you learned on before you flew the P-51 Mustang, that legendary plane that you see in all the movies that really saved the day for the Allied forces in World War II. But you don't just jump into that airplane, you gotta learn first how to be a pilot. And the AT-6 Texan, was just that. <clears throat> they called it the pilot maker. The aircraft designed to teach young pilots, someone who really doesn't know about flying beforehand. And it's a fascinating story because the idea of a pilot maker and training someone who's never flown before, if you don't teach them the right way, they're going to die. So it's really critical that they learn everything. That concept of teaching 
and literally being a pilot maker made me think all week because you know how much I love the world of art, the world of surgery, and the world of sports. There's got to be a common thread. So where in the world of art do we see the pilot maker? Well, for 45 years, Lorne Michaels has run the TV show Saturday Night Live. He's been the pilot maker for comedians to grow into movie stars. Eddie Murphy, Adam Sandler, Will Ferrell, Tina Fey, and Mike Myers. Remember Wayne's World? Remember Austin Powers? Well, they say Dr. Evil is actually a tribute to Lorne Michaels. Why is he so successful as a pilot maker for comedians? Is it because he's such a micromanager and makes it difficult for you? You're basically learning the harder way to go so that the rest of your life is easy and you become a movie star later? That's one way to be a pilot maker is being really hard on the student. And it made me think about sports. Where's the pilot maker in sports? Well, the sport of football and pilot making for coaching is New England Patriot coach Bill Belichick. His systematic approach to football makes the game look easy. It's the opposite of Lorne Michael. So all these young coaches under him, Josh McDaniel, Matt Patricia, the Detroit Lions, the coach in Buffalo right now, Charlie Weiss, all these guys come to Bill Belichick, who has this incredible system that makes coaching football easier for his assistants. They all think they can do what Bill Belichick does. He's a pilot maker for young coaches. Here's the problem. When they go and coach, they fail miserably because he makes it look too easy. The only one who succeeded is a college coach, which was Nick Saban. And in a minute, you're going to hear from Lorne Michaels and Nick Saban about what a pilot maker was like in their lives. It's a fascinating story. And in surgery, I will tell you all about the pilot maker for me, Dr. Philip Wilson at the Hospital for Special Surgery, and how he nurtured me in becoming a pilot and becoming an orthopedic surgeon of his caliber. Clapper vision? Oh, I can't wait for this Clapper one. Vision. The Angels have a pitcher from Japan, Otani, who's also a phenomenal hitter. Here's the problem. He had Tommy John surgery on his elbow, and it hurts. So they're shutting him down. He's not going to be able to pitch this whole season, what's left of this bubble season. But they're letting him hit because he's such a good home run hitter. What is it about this elbow injury that makes it possible for you to be a hitter and yet you shouldn't be pitching. The Clapper Vision is going to be not only a fishing rod, but the reel to wind up the fishing line. Stay tuned for that. It's going to be a great Clapper Vision. And certainly the clinic will be open. The number is 877-710-ESPN. But let's get right into this fascinating topic of a pilot maker in art and in sports. Steve Paulette, so great to have you with me today. Let's do some sound bites. Let's go to uh, Lorne Michaels and let's listen to number seven. 
I noticed when I was there that you were walking around the set a bit, and uh -huh. I noticed sometimes when I watch on TV that you're staring at what's going on, and right. um, you don't smile that much when you're doing this. No. And, um, and do you ever think, uh-oh, this isn't going as well as I thought, so you tell the people, fix it or do something different in the middle of the show? No, I mean, there's some of that, but mostly it's about time. So the cast are good enough that if you are running a minute or two long, you can just go, and they understand, and they can just pick it up and go faster. Or else we take a page out of something. You can already tell what a difficult guy he is, but that's why he gets the best out of his comedians. This is hilarious. Listen to Bill Hader and Conan O'Brien, two students. They're pilots, but they were made by Lorne Michaels, and when they finally achieve their own success, and make movies and TV shows of their own, they still go back to respecting Lorne Michaels for being so tough on them, but they do love making fun of him. This is hilarious. Let's go to number one, Lorne Michaels. You and I have something in common. We both owe a lot to uh, Lorne Michaels. Yes. Lorne Michaels gave me my shot, gave you your yeah. shot. Yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, iconic, uh, great man, but let's face it, <laughs> Everybody who has worked with Lorne, we're all comedy performers, and we all, when we get together, all we do is our Lorne Michaels impressions. Yeah. And you, we, and, and everybody does them. Let's go to number two. Yours is, I think, one of my all-time favorites okay. because you put, you got the voice down of Lorne Michaels, but you put a particular spin on it. Yeah. You get very specific with yours. Yeah, yeah. Lauren, Fred Armisen pointed out a thing that when Lauren has to name drop, which he does a lot, because he knows, like... <laughs> he knows all of his friends are super famous. Super yeah. famous. He always kind of rubs his eyes like this. Like, he's really put out by the amount of famous people he knows. <laughs> so we would do a bit, uh, John Solomon and some of the writers, of, Norm, of uh, Lauren... Uh, name-dropping serial killers. <laughs> he, goes to, he goes to restaurants to hang out and, and with famous people, and famous serial, serial killers, killers join him. Yeah, and he's yeah, yeah. So, like, one would be like, I went to Kansas City um, with Alec and Marcy uh, to try to get BTK killer off death row. They said, here comes BTK. I go, you know, his name is Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> He's a human and being. Day, yeah, I'd be like, I was at Latanzi with Mick and Jeffrey Dahmer and... <laughs> <laughs> we had a... We had this young man, was our waiter, and he left and... And Jeffrey said, I have to go to the bathroom. I said, yeah, of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear the, the hearty laugh of Conan O'Brien and Bill Hader because it's legit. They were tortured by this guy. Listen to this soundbite. This is 1983. Saturday Night Live came to existence in 1975. So this is eight years. The show is already massively successful. So David Letterman decides he's going to interview Lorne Michaels, this pilot maker, this taskmaster. David Letterman tries to ask him the first question. He's the guest on the show. And Lorne Michaels already starts taking David Letterman apart. And he's not even one of his students. It's hilarious. Let's go to number 11. 
how are you holding up with the uh, uh, weather here in New York City? Does it bother? Uh... Doesn't, uh, oh, God, right to the weather. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it doesn't, uh, uh, I'm from Canada originally, yeah. and so I'm, I'm used to uh, snow, and when it snows, it's not that cold, and so I like it uh, well. So this didn't bother you at all? No. Do you think I was articulate enough yeah, about the I weather? Think, I think, yeah. yeah. Um, now, what you, you, you uh, mentioned that I led with the weather, maybe... Right. As a producer, I probably should have uh, maybe faked with another question and then gone to the weather. Well, the weather, I think the weather was a good opening uh, gambit, uh, going with the weather. And yeah. I think that's the way most people begin conversations, right. that it takes us off the, the hole and, uh, and sex. <laughs> and, uh... Can you imagine? This is him trying to, this is the very first question. He won't even let Letterman proceed without giving him his opinion about what kind of question he asked him. This is a pilot maker. When you show up on his set, he's going to take you apart microscopically. Let's go to number 12. In all of the uh, the reams of data, material, and so forth I was uh, perusing about you this yeah. afternoon, uh, the, the word that keeps coming up is pioneer. Is pioneer. Lauren Michaels, pioneering television. Does that ring true to you? Not really, no. Um, pioneer. Well, I, 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 I appreciate it. I mean, it's... Uh makes me sound much older than I am, I think, mm -hmm. Pioneer. It sounds sort of like, uh, well, no, I don't want to mention. Uh, no, I, I, I think live television, I suppose, is what they mean, and, and coming back to that form, which was, in fact, a pioneer form, mm -hmm. but only because videotape hadn't been invented. I think videotape had been invented. I think they probably would have gone right to videotape and forgot yeah. live. Yeah. But uh, I don't think that makes a great deal of uh, sense. <laughs> He then is analyzing constantly his own response. Nothing is taken at face value with Lorne Michaels. He is difficult to everyone around him, but also to himself. And finally, number 13. I have another question. Yeah. Uh, now, you, you performed yourself. Yes, I did. And what was the nature of that act? <laughs> uh, it was, uh, sad to say, a comedy uh, act. <laughs> Uh, as you can see, there's almost no trace of that uh, left in me. Uh, <laughs> no, I, uh, no, I, I began, uh, began uh, writing uh, with another guy in Canada, and we would write and perform our, ourselves. I was uh, not great at the performing, although I was very good at... Actually, my part was mostly asking questions, but I sort of knew what the answers would be, and then I'd say stuff like, really? Mm -hmm. And... Uh, Really, and uh, I was a pacer. I would sort of, he was very funny, and I would sort of take the pause moment in between and sort of support him during that. And uh, then I began to get more and more interested in producing yeah. and comfortable there. At 8.15, my guest is Chris Rushing, who's president of the Condor Squadron. He flies the T-6 Texan, the greatest plane for World War II to train pilots. Its nickname is the Pilot Maker, and I can't wait to ask Chris Rushing, is this plane more difficult to fly than the Mustang or easier? Is it a plane strategy like Lorne Michaels to be difficult on those comedians and launch them into beautiful careers in the movies? Or is it easier? It's only two ways to teach people. You can either be super hard on them or make it easy. Coming up next, we're going to get into the pilot maker in sports, Bill Belichick. He actually makes it easier, not harder. You're going to hear from Jimmy Johnson and Nick Saban, 
fascinating about the other way to teach people, the other way to be a pilot maker. In your life, my life, there was the pilot maker. It's a fascinating concept. Can't wait at 8.15 to talk to Chris Rushing, but coming up next, we're gonna get into the pilot maker in sports. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. You're listening to the Weekend Warrior Show presented by Cedar sinai on ESPN LA 710 and the ESPN app. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. These are the good old times. Forget about then. This is the times. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. And me, driving everyone crazy. I love it. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN. 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. No need to ask. He's a smooth operator. <laughs> oh, I love you. Operator. That's what I was yesterday. When I operate six big surgeries, uh, first song that I start playing to start my day, usually the more complicated surgeries are the first ones I do. This was a big hip revision. I'm listening to Eric Clapton, 24 Nights, his concert at the Royal Albert Hall. 1990-1991 it sets the tone for the room the hell yeah a little bit later we listen to Carlos Santana usually the second and third case fourth case ladies and gentlemen George Michael's greatest hits ah oh, fantastic Dr. Clapper you're the man and then just to make the youngsters in the room a little bit happy it can't be all just about me We'll listen to Maroon 5. But I end my sixth case with her, with Charday. And I listen to this song. And it just is the best medicine you could ever give a surgeon is putting this kind of music in the room. Got to talk about food before we get into Bill Belichick. Anthony Bourdain, God rest his soul. He taught us all about the elegance of eating and food. Missed that guy. But I'll never forget, you can watch it on YouTube. Anthony Bourdain said the greatest thing he does when he comes to Los Angeles, and he looks forward to it. This is the highest end of chefs that there is. He's eating snakes, he's eating squirrels, he eats all kinds of things. My mouth is watering already. But this YouTube is the greatest thing he eats in Los Angeles is guess what? An In-N-Out burger, double-double. And I'll never forget the reason he feels it's the greatest thing he could eat in California is he talks about the chemistry and the perfect combination of the right amount of cheese, the right amount of meat, and the right amount of bun. He talks about it like a chemistry experiment, which essentially is what cooking is. How it all comes together. It's not one patty of meat with the cheese. He says it's the two patties and the two slices of cheese. He goes on and on and on of it. So it's always made me think about that idea of quantity and how they mix perfectly. 
Well, this week, I had a slice of pizza because it was my birthday, July 24th, and I'm still getting people celebrating my birthday, which is fantastic. And they said, we're going to bring you lunch uh, this week. Where do you want the lunch from and what do you want? And I told them I wanted a Sicilian slice of pizza, which is the thick one. And in my opinion, the greatest thick slice of pizza, the center cut slice with pepperoni. I kept thinking of Anthony Bourdain. This slice has the perfect thickness of the cheese, which is unbelievably thick. The tanginess of the pizza sauce, but the perfect amount of pepperoni, two cheese, two sauce, and that thick, chewy dough, which is crispy on the bottom. I mean, I, I had to sit down almost. It was orgasmic, taking a bite. And I'm going to tell you where in L.A. you can get, in my opinion, the best slice of Sicilian, better than New York. That's right. I said it. This is the best slice of Sicilian pizza, pepperoni Sicilian, that you'll ever have in your life. And I go to Italy. I go to New York. I go everywhere for pizza. We have it here in L.A. And I will tell you where you can get it a little bit later in the show. Let's get into the pilot maker. Chris Rushing from the Condor Squadron is going to be my guest at 8.15. He flies a World War II plane. I think they have four of them or six of them at the Van Nuys Airport. And they fly to commemorate holidays. They really do the community a great service, the Condor Squadron. But the plane they fly is made by North American Aviation. The British actually contacted the aerospace company during World War II based in Los Angeles. Lee Atwood was in charge. He was the design engineer. The British said, listen, we've got our own plane, the Curtis, but we can't make them fast enough, and we know you can, contacted North American Aviation, and Lee Atwood designed the plane that helped save the day, the Nazis, the Japanese in World War II. That was the P-51 Mustang. But Lee Atwood also designed the AT-6 Texan. When they sold it in Europe, it was called the Harvard. South Africa, Canada, they call it the Harvard. But it's the same plane. It's the AT-6 Texan. And it's a training plane for pilots, better known as the pilot maker. And I'm going to ask Chris Rushing, is this plane a, a training plane because it's harder to fly than the Mustang, or is it easier? Because if it's a plane that's harder to fly, then it's kind of like Lorne Michaels being the pilot maker for comedians. He's so tough on these comedians, but when they leave Saturday Night Live, they're ready to become movie stars. In sports, the coaching tree, the pilot maker, is Bill Belichick. Every one of these assistants, they win Super Bowl rings. He's won six of them. And they all think they can be just like him because they've been his assistant winning rings. Here's the problem. Every one of them seems to fall flat on their face. They cannot do what he does. Now that I think about it, I think the guy in Tennessee, Vrabel, 
played for Bill Belichick. So even athletes, even his his football players, they also think they can do what he does. They can't because what he does, different than Lorne Michaels as a pilot maker for coaches, is he has a system that makes it look easier than it really is. So they all think that they can be Bill Belichick. Let's listen to Ian O'Connor talk about Bill Belichick and his coaching tree. Number one. Well, remember, Rich, uh, when uh, Belichick coached Cleveland, and he admitted this, I believe, right before that first Super Bowl when they beat the Rams, he tried to be too much like Parcells, and he didn't have the charisma and personality to pull it off. Okay, that's why the Cleveland thing, one of the reasons why that, that failed. I think Mangini and McDaniels tried to be Belichick, and they didn't have the leadership qualities at that point in time to pull it off. They certainly didn't have the record. And I think they failed for that reason. Number two. It's hard because you, you need to be yourself. But on the other hand, you've learned from the greatest coach of all time. So how do you not take parts of that with you, right? So I just think finding that balance of being yourself and also, like, applying all the lessons you learned from Belichick. And I don't think those two people in particular accomplished that. I think McDaniels, unlike Mangini now, will get – Mangini had two shots and failed. Uh, I think McDaniels will succeed – the second time around, much like Belichick succeeded after failing to try to be like Parcells in Cleveland. Hmm. That's Ian O'Connor. Love him. With Rich Eisen also. What a terrific uh, football guy Rich Eisen is. That's from his show. Let's go to Jimmy Johnson. In his estimation, many people consider him the greatest football coach because he's the only guy who did it, winning a championship in Miami in college and then becoming the, court, the uh, coach for the Dallas Cowboys and winning at the professional level. Nobody else can do it that successfully. So many people consider Jimmy Johnson the greatest coach. But you know what? Jimmy Johnson considers Bill Belichick the greatest coach of all time because of his system. Let's listen to Jimmy Johnson talk about his friend Bill Belichick, number five. But a lot of coaches back in the olden days, they didn't deal with personnel. See, and so today with the salary cap, with, you know, in the old days when they got a great team, you know, like Chuck Noll, they got Terry Bradshaw, they stayed the whole time. Number six. Joe Green and all, they had a great team for a long time. So they were able to win a lot of games. This year's football in the NFL, you have to build your team over and over again every single year. And so you have to be a great teacher. The one thing Belichick is, he is a fantastic teacher. Look at his assistants. He's taught all of his assistants his system. You know, he doesn't go out and hire big-name assistant coaches. He grooms them and brings them right on up. He teaches them. So, Jimmy Johnson, why is he so good? Number seven. And that's why he is so good. And, and again, I don't want to go on and on about it, but I know him and I know what he does. And in today's football, there's very few head coaches can, that can do it all. Some of them are great offensive coaches. Some of them are great defensive coaches. Some of them are good in front of the team in, as far as a motivator. A few of them are good personnel guys. But uh, very few of them can do it all. And the greatest underling the greatest pilot that the pilot maker Bill Belichick created is in college, not in the pros, and it's Nick Saban. Let's listen to Tim Tebow interviewing Nick Saban 
about Belichick. But first, you're going to hear Belichick talking about Nick Saban in that robotic, monotone voice because he is a system maker. But he gets the best out of everybody. He's the ultimate pilot maker in sports. Number three. Nick's a tremendous coach. Been a great friend and a coach that I have tremendous respect and admiration for. Coach, I, I know one of your friends in the game and also a brilliant defense of mine is Coach Belichick. Can you just share a little bit about your relationship with him? Yeah, well, Bill's uh, a really good friend. Uh, and it started way back when I actually coached with his father at the Naval Academy in like 1981 or something, uh, who was a great guy and a great coach. Um, and I got to know Bill and we shared ideas in football and I have a tremendous amount of respect for him and what he's been able to do. And number four. Who's given who more? Have you given more to him or has he given more to you? I don't think there's any question that he's given more to me. <laughs> I mean, I learned probably more when I was a defensive coordinator at Cleveland working under him for four years, uh, not just about football, but about the organization of having a good program and how to define the expectation for people in your organization uh, so that they knew exactly what to expect and exactly what you expected from them so that they could do their job well. I had two great teachers, my pilot makers, Dr. Philip Wilson and Dr. Ranawat. That first week I was with Dr. Ranawat I did 100 hip replacements in a six-week rotation with him. I'll never forget it, and I'll never be able to say thank you enough to him, my pilot maker. But that first week, he, didn't want, he doesn't want residents. He don't want to teach anybody. He's the best in the business. He's the Belichick, the Lorne Michaels of orthopedic surgery, Ranawat. And the residents were lived in fear of him, so nobody wanted to be in his room. I said to myself, are you kidding? I'm going to operate by myself the rest of my life. How would I miss out on being with the greatest orthopedic surgeon ever? I'm going. And I show up that first day. The scrub nurse says, what are you doing here? I'm on the rotation, I said. I'm supposed to be with Dr. Ranawa. She says, he doesn't like to have residents. Go to, go to the library and write a paper. I said, no, I don't want to write a paper. I want to scrub with Dr. Ranawa. That's what I'm assigned to do. Well, the residents don't do that. They go write a paper because he doesn't want them there. I said, too bad. I'm scrubbing. And oh my God, there I was at the scrub sink. And all of a sudden, the door kicked, kicked open because he looks at the scrub there and says, what is he doing? She kicks open the door while I'm at the scrub sink and I'm looking through the window while he's operating. She says, Dr. Ranawat wants to know what you're doing. I said, I'm scrubbing. She kicks open the door, she yells at him. He says he's scrubbing. <laughs> and I could hear him say inside the operating room, Tell him to go away. <laughs> Dr. Clapper. And she then explains to me that he doesn't have residence. I said, well, I'm assigned to this rotation and I'm not going to the library. So fortunately, his assistant, Clifton, wait till I tell you a Clifton story. I walk in the room, I'm scrubbed. Clifton doesn't even talk to me. He points as they give me a towel to dry my hands and they put the gown and the gloves on. And Clifton says, stand over here. And for six surgeries that day, no one said a single word to me. I just watched the master operate. Day was over, that was it. I came back two days later. And on Friday, he operates three days a week. Friday, the last day, he knew I wasn't going away. He was doing a hip replacement. 
finally he turns to me and he says, what am I doing now? I said, Dr. Ranawad, it looks like you're reaming the acetabulum, the socket of the ball and socket joint of the hip. He looks at me and he goes, as if to say, you stupid idiot. He said, that's with my right hand. You need to look at what I'm doing with my left hand. I'm feeling the sciatic nerve. Tough, a tough taskmaster. He's Bill Belichick, Lorne Michaels. He's the pilot maker, but he's the Lorne Michaels version. He's tough. But I stayed for those six weeks and he adopted me as his son almost. And all these years later, I attribute my success and my skill set to that six week rotation with the greatest orthopedic surgeon who ever lived, the, the greatest yeah. Dr. Ranawan. Coming up next, I'm going to take your calls. The number is 877-710-ESPN. The clinic will be open. We'll do some clap revision. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. No need to ask, he's a smooth operator. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show presented by Cedar Sinai on ESPN LA 710 and the ESPN app. What's going on, LA? This is Kobe Bryant. Magandan Umaga. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Cells are just tiny people. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Bill Withers. Love it. He came to my uh, art gallery when I opened it in 2004. Met him. Nice man. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. I'm so excited to talk to Vicky. She's been holding on the line. Vicky, it's my pleasure. I'm so excited to talk to you. Welcome to the Weekend Warriors show. How can I help? Oh, thank you, Dr. Clapper. It's great to be able to talk to you. I'm calling for my brother. My brother is uh, 73 years old. And his name is Mike, and he lives in Downey, and he's, he's listening on the radio. And he wanted me to ask you this. What causes, what causes the a sharp pain in his hip only early in the morning when he's on his recliner chair? He uses his recliner chair as a bed because he can't get in, in and out of his bed. Mm. What do you do for a living, Vicki? I'm retired, Dr. Clapper, retired school teacher. Oh, that's the greatest thing you can do with your life in our society is to be a school teacher. What grades did you teach? Well, I ended my career in high school and I started it in middle school and I was actually an art teacher for 17 years. Oh. Then I I moved into administration and then I left administration and ended my career in special ed. God bless you. You don't have to find a total stranger and do something nice for them. You already did that with your whole life. And it's my honor and pleasure to, to help you out, young lady. Um, thank you, Dr. Clapper. I tell you, it's great. Well, you, you know, great. well, thank you. You know, Gene Crawford used to say that the female callers, they're not listening during the week. They're just listening to the show on the weekend, the Weekend Warriors show. So I get all excited when I have a woman caller because uh, I know that they're so loyal to the Weekend Warriors show. So, and look at that. You're calling about your brother. What a kind heart you have. All right. Let me do some clap revision. You know what clap revision is, right? I do. Okay. 
to explain why certain positions create so much pain in a joint. Women will come to me and say, it's funny, Dr. Clapper, my knee hurts when I wear high heels, but when I wear flip-flops, I don't have knee pain and vice versa. You know, it hurts when I wear my flip-flops, but when I wear high heels, I don't have any pain. The case of your brother, it hurts in this position, but it doesn't hurt in that position. It hurts when I sit in this particular chair, but it doesn't hurt when I lie down in bed. You'll hear that all the time. So here's the clapper vision for you. Okay. Let's think of a playing pool, okay? You have a, one of those billiard balls. They're, so, they're like glass. Look how smooth that billiard ball is. Well, when I operate on people's joints, whether it's their shoulder, their hip, their knee, their ankle, the cartilage on the end of the bone literally looks as smooth as the ceramic billiard ball. When I see the beginnings of arthritis, I will see the billiard ball just have a scratch on it. Like you dropped it on the floor. The floor is made of concrete and it scratches just one spot where the ball hit the floor, made contact. But the rest of the ball is smooth. Once you create that chip, that divot in the cartilage, it does not repair itself. God gives us only one set of teeth and he only gives us one set of hair on top of our head. And that's why I have no hair on top of my head anymore. But anyway, you start with the ball getting injured and cracking the surface in one spot. That spot then starts to deepen. And the clapper vision is, it looks like a pothole in the street. Clapper vision. People who come to me with the worst joints that need my services and my ability to replace their joints and resurface the cartilage in their joints, the modern way of doing it, not the old days of a hip replacement or knee replacement, but really a resurfacing of their joint. Those folks are coming to me because the whole road has been shot with multiple potholes. There's no asphalt left. It's just a mess bumpy. But there are patients who come to me who have this excruciating pain in just one position, one type of shoes, one type of chair they can sit on that causes that excruciating pain. If they just change the position, it gets better. And that's because they have a pothole. They have bone on bone, but not everywhere of the sphere of the ball and socket joint. They have it in one spot. And when that spot kisses the socket, which also has a spot, a pothole, those two potholes touch each other. And in that location is bone on bone. That's when they see stars. That's when they have the excruciating pain. And for many of those folks, it's as painful as if the whole road was shot. And some of those folks I still have to do surgery on. So there's a book I wrote, which you need to get for your brother. I wrote it with Linda Huey. It's the, called I got it. Heal Your Hips. I got it. Get him in the pool half an hour, three days a week. He doesn't have to go swimming. In, the, if, in his state, get him to complete PT where Linda Huey uh, works. They do COVID distancing. They wear masks. It's still open. 
make your way to complete PT in Culver City. That's what I would do with your brother to get him on the road to recovery. God forbid he still needs surgery. I'm happy to help. But you know how you avoid surgery? Do it holistically. And Vicky, don't let them talk you into a cortisone shot, stem right. cells, synvis, no needles into his hip or your hip or anybody's hip. Get him in the pool. That will get him better to either get strong enough to avoid surgery or so strong that even if he has to do surgery, his recovery is enhanced because he's coming to surgery in better shape. It's better known as prehab. But let's do everything we can to avoid surgery in him. Certainly he needs an x-ray. Certainly he needs an exam. You want to make sure we're not dealing with a fracture or cancer or something ominous. I don't want him just to go to the pool. He still first needs to be examined with an x-ray and with an exam. But if that shows that that's what you're dealing with, that's what I want him to do. Be non-surgical first. And this is coming from someone who's done over 15,000 surgeries at Cedars over 31 years. Damn so I love right. doing surgery, but I love when someone can avoid it. And let's hope your brother can, okay? Oh, sounds great, Dr. Clapper. And I hope and pray that Mike is listening on, you know, on the radio and Downey and hearing this. But if he's not and he, he didn't get the, the connection on the radio, I'm going to share this with him. Believe me, I really am. And I you want can. to thank you very much. You're very welcome. Steve Paulette puts this on the ESPN podcast. So if you if he missed it, he can hear the whole speech. He can hear That's it all great. all over again on the podcast. That's great. I, I'll, I'll let him know that, Dr. Clapper, and I thank you very, very much. Okay. It's a pleasure to talk to you, and it's a pleasure to help someone like you who helps so many people learn. The greatest person I can talk to is a nurse. The second greatest is a school teacher. God bless you for all that you did for all of us. All right, Warriors, we'll take a break. We'll pay some bills. Coming up next, I may tell you where that slice of pizza is from. I also may tell you what I did to my eggs this morning, which I never did before. It was the greatest omelet I ever had in my life. Maybe we'll get into that. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show, presented by Cedar Sinai. What's going on, LA? This is Kobe Bryant. It's the most entertaining thing in the world. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. From Schwitzing like a piece of tuna fish. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Humble yourself, This is our favorite group, Steve Ballett and I. Favorite reggae group. They've been guests on our show. Oh, it's got to be three, four times already. The great Nick Laporcio, Nathan Feinstein. The group is called Ayaterra. I-Y-A-T-E-R-R-A. Uh, just great. Writing their own songs. Love these guys. All right, Warriors, welcome back. The lines are all lit up, so I may have to tell the pizza place later. Let's take. Let's do some business. Let's do some clap revision and help some people out. Let's go to Mitch calling from New Jersey. Forget about it. Get out of here. 
Is that I, I you, Mitchell? Are you calling from New Jersey? Yeah, I'm right here in East Windsor, New Jersey. How you doing, Dr. Clapper? All right. I, did I ever talk to you before? Yeah, I've called a few times. It seems like I only, I only call when I'm, when I'm hurting. And all the time, <laughs> and, and FedEx just keep going at it me. They just keep slugging along. <laughs> I, like, I work for FedEx, I, I like it, but uh, it's like I can, I can barely tie my shoe. Um, oh, my God. All right, so what hurts? What did you do to yourself this time? Well, this year has been so bad, you know, for everybody, you know, with the corona. Ever since, you know, I saved the paper when Kobe lost his life, tragically, and the seven others, you know, I kept that paper, and there was a small article about the corona, you know, just popping up in China. It's uh, the the change of history. You know, when Kobe passed away, I really lost a lot of my mojo for all sports, not just the Lakers, not just basketball. And I hope I get it back again. But right now, thank God, I I get to go surfing as my sport. But I don't know. They better do something to bring us back to sports um, because it it really is something. Even though Kobe had retired, he wasn't playing anymore. I don't know. It just I have an emptiness in me about professional sports. I'm excited for NFL football because I really want to see Joe Burrow play as quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals because I followed him in college and I really loved it. But um, I don't know. I don't know. How about you? You Have you lost your mojo for sports ever since Kobe passed away? Well, I'm a Clipper fan, so I have to confess. Um, I'm, I just hope that baseball can continue, and I'm going to miss – I want to see college football. I mean, I, I think I watch college football more than I like the NFL. And I love the high school recruiting, but it's screwed up all the seniors. It's terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. I know you got other calls. Um, I was doing hip therapy. Doctors and he was he gave me a lot of exercises. The the, the physical therapist was great. It was cut short mm-hmm. because of the corona, and mm-hmm. it's not it's not a question of if it's when. But then um, early June, I was just jogging. I worked for FedEx. I was just jogging from one shop to another, and I heard like a snap. Mm-hmm. And I went to the uh, I went to the workman's contact, and, and I'm sorry, they get they're terrible. You know, then they know we're near your class. Mm-hmm. But, um, Thank I you. I didn't want to go on light duty sitting here. I saw two days later, but I still feel the pain. It's been mm-hmm. two months, and I, somebody mentioned it, but because I felt like when I'm picking something that's like kind of heavy and I turn, I feel like my, my knee cap is gone. I feel pressure right there. So he mentioned the patella tendon. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to get a second opinion, but I, I go on my day off. I get there at 8 o'clock, 20 walk-ins. They schedule me to lay that day for 2 o'clock, 20 walk-ins. I, get, I use a sick day for last Wednesday. We had a big power storm, uh, Hurricane Isis. No power. I didn't get a cursed phone call. I burned a sick day. So I am so disgusted. Um, is it a patella tendon? Because he, he says my uh, meniscus was good. He says uh, not much arthritis, which I thought I had arthritis in my knees. And I had a broken fibula 11 years ago. That's in my right ankle. Um, and he says it was the LCL. My MCL was good. The ACL was the LCL. Is there such a thing? Mm-hmm. Lateral collateral ligament. He... Let me ask you a question. Is this the same knee, the same side as your hip up above, which is bad? Yeah. Exactly. All right. The right side is terrible. Did I can't you get, time show. Did you ever get the book I wrote with Linda Yui? Uh, I think so with your hip. I think I have yeah. somewhere in the house. Right? I want you I to, to turn to page thing. 50 of that book, Heal Your Hips. You read page 50, and there's a drawing in there showing you the quadriceps muscle. 
That's the big muscle in the front of your thigh that attaches to your kneecap, right? That'll let you extend your knee. But guess what, Mitch? That muscle, those four muscles, particularly the main guy, the rectus femoris, it begins in front of the hip joint. You are not alone. A lot of people with a bad hip, they come to me because they got knee pain and they'll cock around like crazy looking for trouble in the knee. And some of them end up with surgery on their knee when in fact their knee pain comes from the bad hip up above. So don't let them shoot you with cortisone, stem cells, synvisc. You're going to need to, in Monday, Wednesday, Friday, half an hour, you're going to walk forwards and backwards in the pool. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, you're going to ride at home your very own stationary bike. You want to keep running around for FedEx? Stop running as an exercise and become a bike rider on the days that you don't walk in the pool. That's how you're going to nurse this along until you're going to need surgery on your hip, which will make both your hip pain and your knee pain go away. Okay? They gave me exercise for my quad. They said my right quad muscle was weaker than my left. And I had to ankle. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, half an hour, walk forwards and backwards in the pool. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, ride your stationary bike, Mitch. You do that, you'll get better until you'll need to take care of it. Until then, forget about land-based exercises other than the bike. The pool is your friend. And you'll keep working until you can't anymore. But there's no urgency. No one needs to scare you that you're going to be in a wheelchair if you don't do it now. Don't let them scare you about that either. Be holistic if you can, Mitch. And thanks again for checking in from New Jersey. Appreciate it. God bless you. All right, Warriors. Coming up next, I'm going to tell some stories. Some stories about the whole idea of teaching. It was called a pilot maker, a World War II plane that's still being flown by the Condor Squadron in Van Nuys. And my guest at 8.15, Chris Rushing, is going to talk about that. But I'll tell you some stories about the pilot maker in art, in sports, and in my world of surgery. Coming up next on the Weekend Warriors Show here on 710 ESPN. Whoa, no, no, no. Yes, you-